When I was a uh, very young missionary in the Philippines many, many years ago, I was quite concerned because the laymen in our churches were not doing much other than laying around. I mean, they didn't seem to be active in serving the Lord. So at one of our conferences, I went to the pastors, many of whom were old enough to be my father, and I said, men, you know, we need to challenge our laymen to serve the Lord. So let's have a layman's retreat. Well, I wrote to my father, who was a Christian businessman, and I said, Dad, pray for the layman's retreat that we're planning. He immediately wrote back and said, hey, don't call it a layman's retreat. Call it a layman's advance. I thought that was pretty good. So we had our first layman's advance. We were back in the Philippines two years ago, and you know they're still having their layman's advance every year. And the laymen are really doing some things out there that are wonderful. And this morning, I want you to turn to Colossians, because we're going to consider a layman who lived about 2,000 years ago and who was greatly used by God. He lived in the city of Colossae. And this is what is called one of the three prison epistles. Paul, when he was in prison in Rome, wrote these epistles, Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon, while he was a prisoner. He had never been to Colossae. The church in Colossae was not started by the Apostle Paul. The church in Colossae was started by a layman by the name of Epaphras. Colossae was not a big city. It was about 100 miles south of the great city of Ephesus. And this man, Epaphras, grew up there, heard the gospel probably when Paul was in Ephesus. We read about that in Acts. He spent two or three years preaching the gospel, and it says that all those throughout Asia heard the word of God. And I'm assuming that Epaphras, this layman from Colossae, had gone to Ephesus on one occasion and heard the great apostle Paul preach the gospel. And his heart was challenged and convicted. And he came to know Christ as his savior. And he went back to Colossae with a deep, deep burden upon his heart for his people. Now, Paul, as he writes this letter to the church in Colossae, says some wonderful things about this man, Epaphras. I want you to look at chapter 4, please, in Colossae, and verse 12. Writing to the church in Colossae, Paul, in prison in Rome, says, Epaphras, 
who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus sends his greetings, he is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Laodicea and Hierapolis were two other cities close to Colossae. And evidently this faithful layman had had a ministry, not only in Colossae, where he was from, but also in these two nearby cities. And Paul says some wonderful things about this man. In just a few words, he paints a wonderful picture of who Epaphras was. And I want you to look at those things with me this morning. And I'd like you to pray. And you know, Nancy, when she heard that the title was Thank God for Laymen, she said, what about lay women?" <laughs> and I said, well, honey, I'm not excluding lay women, but my, uh, my focus is on laymen because that's what Epaphras was in my text. But I thank God for lay women, believe me. And God has used lay women all over the world in an amazing, amazing way. And many times, lay women put lay men to shame by what they're doing for the Lord. So I want you women to understand that. I don't want you to turn me off before we even begin this morning. But Paul says some great things about this man Epaphras. And I want you to look at them with me this morning. Look again at chapter 4 and verses 12 and 13. Epaphras, who is one of you? That means he belonged to the city of Colossae. He was one of them. And he was deeply concerned for them. He did not want to hold the gospel to himself. He wanted to share this wonderful news that had come to him and had changed his life and revolutionized his life. He wanted to share it with his people there. And I think Paul is saying here that Epaphras had a passion to reach people. He wanted to share this message with all of those in Colossae and in these two nearby cities as well. He was concerned for people. Two years ago, we were in the Philippines and went down to the southern island of Mindanao to a town in the mountains where my first wife had grown up as a girl. And there we met some old friends. He was the administrator of our hospital. And he was a man like Epaphras. He had a passion for people. He was concerned for people. And as a layman, an administrator of our hospital there, he wasn't satisfied just to do that job. 
He knew that there were many people in all of that area who needed the gospel, so he began going out and sharing the gospel. He'd been doing that for a number of years, and two years ago, as we were with them, it was a thrill to preach at the church which he started. Quite a large church now, with a lovely building. Not only that, they have a school for children where they're sharing the gospel. They have a medical outreach to people there. And he's reaching folks throughout that whole area with the gospel because he has a passion for people. He was concerned, he is concerned for people. But not only was Epaphras concerned for people, he, he cared for people. Do you care for people? Do you know you might be sitting this morning next to someone with a great, great need? You might be sitting in the same pew with someone who's hurting terribly. Someone who's going through a deep sorrow. Someone who is really searching for wisdom concerning important decisions they need to make. And they're right here with you. Do you care for people? This man cared for people. Paul says uh, here in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 12, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. And that word, working hard, speaks to me about the care that this man had for these people. He was hurting for them. He had this deep burden upon his heart for his people. I wonder this morning, how much burden of heart do I have for people? How burdened are you this morning for people? Epaphras was a man who had a passion for people. He was concerned greatly for them. He cared for them. But he also had a passion for proclaiming God's word. <laughs> yes, he was a layman. I don't imagine he ever went to formal school. But I do imagine that he probably went to Ephesus from time to time to hear this great preacher Paul preached the gospel and he probably imbibed much of what Paul was sharing with people and he himself had a passion for proclaiming God's word. Look at chapter 1 and verse 7 where Paul also refers to Epaphras. Chapter 1 and verse 7. You learned the gospel from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant. 
who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf. The gospel was given to the people in Colossae initially by this layman, not by Paul. Now he probably was sent out with Paul's blessing perhaps, but it was Epaphras, a layman, who carried the gospel, who proclaimed the gospel, who spoke the gospel to these people. Listen as I read two quotes from well-known men about laymen. Edward Gibbon was the one who wrote the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. And this is, this is what he says. In the early church, it became the most sacred duty of a new convert to Christ to diffuse or to spread among his friends and relations the inestimable blessing which he had received. In the early church, it was incumbent upon new believers, he says, to diffuse or spread the gospel to people. Listen to Adolf Harnack, a great German historian. The most numerous and successful missionaries of the Christian religion were not the regular teachers, but Christians themselves in virtue of their loyalty and courage. It was characteristic of this religion, Christianity, that everyone who seriously confessed the faith proved of service to its propaganda. We cannot hesitate to believe that the great mission of Christianity was in reality accomplished by means of informal missionaries, laymen. And that was true in the early church. If you read the book of Acts, especially uh, in chapter 8 of the book of Acts, remember the persecution that came upon the martyrdom of Stephen? It says that everyone left Jerusalem except the apostles. That means all the laymen left. And what else does it say in Acts chapter 8, verse 4? They preached the word. They proclaimed Christ. And in Acts 11, we read, they gossiped the gospel. They spoke the gospel wherever they went. Laymen and laywomen. The apostles were still in Jerusalem. The laymen spread all over that part of the world preaching, gossiping the gospel, speaking the word of God. Some time ago we met a young Filipino couple who live in Queens, New York. And this goes back probably four or five years. I know I've preached several times in their church there, and we were at a conference of their people on one occasion a few years ago. But the thing that impressed me and impresses me about this faithful Filipino layman is the burden he has to reach people and the passion he has to share the gospel with people. 
It's amazing when we go up there to see the number of people who are attending their small church in rented facilities, many of whom heard the gospel through Wilmer, who has such a burden of heart for the Filipinos in that part of New York City, which who number multiplied thousands. And my own heart has been challenged and encouraged a great deal to see Wilmer and the burden and the passion he has for proclaiming the word of God. Laymen throughout the ages have been God's agents to propagate the word of God to people. And this morning I want to ask you and ask myself, uh, do we have that kind of passion for people? Do we have that kind of passion to share the word of God, to proclaim it, to spread it out wherever we are? Paul, as he wrote to the church in Colossae, where he had never visited, had never been there, but he knew that God had done a specific wonderful thing in that city because of a layman. The gospel came because of Epaphras. And the gospel changed the lives of multitudes of people there because of one layman. So he had a passion for people. He was concerned. He cared for people. He had a passion for proclaiming the word of God. But he also had a passion for praying. And Paul makes that very clear in chapter 4 and verse 12, where he says this about Epaphras. Epaphras, who is one of you, and a servant of Christ. The word servant there is doulos, or slave. And Paul uses it only of one other man, Timothy. And this man, a slave of Christ. And what does he say about this slave of Christ? <clears throat> he sends greetings. Now here it is. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. That you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. He says several things about Epaphras' prayer life here. He said he is always praying. <laughs> now that doesn't mean that he stayed up all night praying. But when he was awake, he was in the spirit and attitude of prayer, and he made a real effort and disciplined himself to praying for people, especially the people in Colossae. He's always praying. He's persevering in his prayers. And the word he's using here about prayer is 
agonizomai. And some of you catch the word agonize. That's the description that Paul gave of Epaphras regarding his prayer life. He was agonizing, always agonizing in prayer for these people in Colossae. I don't know about you, but I think Satan attacks me probably more in the area of prayer than anything. It seems that that is difficult because Satan understands the power of prayer. And Satan understands that when men pray like this man prayed, God does some amazing wonderful things. You know, we have met over the years in our travels a number of people who said, you know, I really can't do much to serve the Lord. The only thing I can do is pray. You shouldn't say the only thing. That's the most important thing. And because I don't want to leave out you women, I want to give you an illustration of a woman who was faithful in praying, always praying, fervently, agonizing. <clears throat> when my first wife died many years ago, <clears throat> I had five little children. And I was in Grand Rapids a few months after she died at her home church to preach. And after the service, this dear woman, friend of ours, came up. She was wearing an oxygen tank that she carried all the time because she had great problems in breathing. And she said, oh, Russ, I'm, I'm so glad you're here been praying so much for you since Jane died. But do you have any specific prayer requests for me? And I said, Gladys, our six-year-old son, Bruce, is having a very difficult time. He's stuttering now. And in several other ways, we realize that this is so difficult for him without his mother. Would you pray for Bruce? She said, I'd be glad to do that. About 35 years later, I was back in that church and she was there with her daughter. She hardly ever got out to church because she was so sick. But she came that night and the first thing she asked me was this. How is Bruce? I've been praying for him every day since you gave me that request. We're talking like 30 years or more. That's the kind 
of prayer this man was. He was always laboring in prayer for you people in Colossae. God had placed a great burden upon his heart to agonize continually in prayer on your behalf. He prayed for you, definite, specific prayer. Most of you have heard the name William Carey. He was called the father of modern-day missions. He had been a shoe cobbler in England. When God called him to go to the mission field, and as he cobbled shoes, he had a map of the world pinned to the wall in front of him. And he prayed for people all over the world. And then God led him to the mission field. And God gave him a tremendous ministry in Asia with many people coming to Christ. But I remember reading one day and being so impressed with what I read. He had a sister in England who was bedridden for over 50 years. And this article said, William Carey's sister prayed from her bed almost all the time for her brother, William, on the mission field. You know, I believe probably the prayers of his sister meant as much or more as the work of William Carey on the field. And that was true of this layman, too. He not only had a passion for people, he was deeply concerned for them, he cared for them. He not only had a passion for proclaiming or preaching or speaking the word of God, he was the one that carried the message of the gospel initially to the city of Colossae but he had a passion for praying. Those three cities, Colossae and Herapolis and the other, were in a valley called the Lycus Valley, which was known for its great earthquakes. <clears throat> And one of those cities was completely destroyed, not too much after this letter was written. And a few years after that, an earthquake greatly hammered the city of Colossae. And how many people there were killed by that earthquake, nobody knows, of course. But I think about this layman who cared for those people who was concerned for those people, who prayed for those people, and who initiated and established and started that church in Colossae. 
How many of those people killed in that earthquake had come to know Christ through this layman and now enjoyed their heavenly home because of a faithful layman? Paul writes in Philemon, which is the only other place we see the name of Epaphras, and he calls him Epaphras, my fellow prisoner. Obviously, Epaphras had left Colossae and gone those hundreds and hundreds of miles to Rome, where Paul was a prisoner, and he must have sought him out. But for whatever reason, Epaphras himself was imprisoned there and was a fellow prisoner of Paul. This faithful layman who had a passion for people, who had a passion for proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, who had a passion for praying earnestly all the time, specifically for his people in Colossae. This morning, I ask you and I ask myself, how much like Epaphras am I? What could God do through a small army of laymen and laywomen from this church if we became like this faithful layman who lived 2,000 years ago in the city of Colossae and who under God established that church because he had such a passion for people. He had such a passion for proclaiming God's word. He had such a passion for praying. I do ask God to help me to be more like him. And I trust it will be your desire to laymen and laywomen to ask yourself the question with me, how much like Epaphras am I this morning? Let's pray. Father, we're thankful that you included in your word under the inspiration of the Spirit of God character studies like this one of Epaphras. Don't know a great deal about him. Only mentioned here in Scripture. And yet what an amazing, wonderful man he must have been. And I pray that you'll speak to our hearts from his life this morning. And that we might seek to emulate him because he emulated the Lord himself. And I pray that you'll speak to our hearts today and help us to be a body of laymen and laywomen who love you with all of our hearts, who are concerned for people, who desire to share the gospel, 
and who seek your help in becoming men and women of prayer like this man was. So bless your word today and help us to be hearers of your word and not doers only. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.